0: And we are live. JT here. Welcome to the huddle. The huddle is where I sit down with successful people from the world of sport and coaching. It's to learn about their journey to greatness. Why do I have these conversations? Because success always leaves clues. I just want to take a moment to thank you, whether you are joining us live as we stream into our Facebook community, whether you are watching the replay on YouTube or on Facebook, or whether you're listening to the audio on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with me and my special guest today. And here's my reminder to you. The mind is like a parachute. It works best when it's wide open. So my challenge to you is to go all in on this conversation to keep your mind wide open. And I guarantee you, you will gain a valuable nugget of wisdom that will allow you most importantly to succeed at the game of life. I've been looking forward to my conversation with my special guest today. We connected a few months ago on social. And one of the things, one of the first things that struck me was just her positivity, her her energy she was bringing, and just how she's choosing to be a catalyst of change in this world. My guest in the huddle today is, I love it, uh, uh, she put former NCAA and U-sport hoopster, which I loved seeing that. She is the founder of Ken Leitz, and the founder of the Black Canadian Coaches Association. My guest in the huddle today is Leanne Ose. How are you today, coach?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. I'm grateful for another day. I see every day as an opportunity. I think once you woke up, you've already won. Um, yeah. But I'm enjoying it, and I'm, I'm really grateful to be here on the huddle with you, Coach JT. And what's up to everybody tuning in? Okay. So, Coach, uh, one thing I I
0: often remind myself, and it's a daily practice, is to count my blessings. And one of the biggest blessings that we can give someone is our time and our energy. So, again, I just want to thank you so much for for choosing to invest some of your time and energy into being here with me and our community today. And um, thank you for choosing to be a shining light in this world, Coach.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm just paying it forward. I've been a recipient and a beneficiary like you. Okay.
0: So coach, we'll uh, we'll dive right in here. So one of the ideas I often like to remind people of is that life is a game and games are supposed to be fun. So I'm curious, is there an interesting fact? I had a former coaching colleague who said, we all have our quirks. Is there something that maybe a lot of people don't know about you? That you would be open to sharing with our community
1: sure um <laughs> well I've got I've got uh I've got a few interesting facts about me okay. I think most people are just kind of taken aback by my music selection um you know like I think you know sport music you know like a lot of similarities there in terms of the market but I really love all kinds of music and you know, like whether I've been, you know, in a in a team setting with my athletes or with my colleagues at work or, you know, coaching, people always get thrown off because one second I'll be listening to gospel, the next I'm listening to like Billy Talent, then I've got like Blink 182 pulled up, and then I've got like J. Cole. And, you know, like even with the youth I work with now, they're like, <laughs> like, who are you? Um, but I'm I'm super appreciative of music. I yeah. personally have never like um, learned instruments like outside of maybe grade school but I have a sibling who's like you know extremely gifted and um, plays the guitar and um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm sort of envious of people who are musically gifted okay. and, and musically inclined in that kind of way. Okay I love that and, and why I love that is it just
0: shows your openness to learning right like you you find the opportunity that you celebrate all kinds of music right and i think it just mm. is a testament to your open mindedness to life which is it speaks volumes about you coach mm-hmm.
1: this morning was a chaos kind of kind of morning i had some <laughs> chaos throwbacks yeah. and just with the workout routine
0: <laughs> okay so coach sport has obviously played an important role for you in your life you were a high level athlete and in the process you you then Uh, transitioned into being a high level coach. So I'm curious from you, what has been the biggest lesson that sport has taught you that you still find
1: yourself applying to your life today? That's a good question, JT. I think the, the most important lesson that I've learned is that it's okay to try something new and it's okay to suggest something new and different. And I feel like early on, um, well, in my playing careers, I pretty much was like tunnel vision because it's school and it's basketball. Yeah. Um, but ever since I've transitioned into coaching, I found like, you know, I- I've really started to look at, hey, where are there some opportunities to give back? And um, like, even when I came back from the States in 2012, right away, I saw a gap in in the things we could be doing in women's basketball in particular. Um, but, I- but I would say that's probably the biggest thing. And uh, I would say the most uh, courageous I've been has probably been in the last few years, and with the founding of the BCCA, right, like a, um, an organization really devoted to advancing racial equity, right, and everything from like our name to kind of what we do, and um, yeah, I've 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 discovered that it's okay to try new things and it's okay to propose new things, and um, whether or not that's received on the other end, as positive or not positive. I've, I've learned to worry less about that. Um, and I think part of it is also like, it's like understanding it's okay to be wrong. And I've always been someone who, uh, like, let's say I've always kind of looked at things in different perspectives before I would have input. And so, um, whenever I would suggest things like in, in any kind of setting, I'd always have like, you know, on the other side, on the other side, and I'll, you know, play devil's advocate. And I feel like it's kind of helped me um, navigate that process a little bit better. But, you know, I've never been afraid to say, oh my goodness, that's a way better idea. Or yeah, I was wrong in that assumption or, you know, and, and just having that kind of growth mindset. And so I think that's also helped with, with kind of um, the, 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 the sense that, hey, it's okay to be innovative in this space and try to do new things.
0: You know, coach, I, what I really heard from you again was was the power of being open to diversity of thought, right? Like being able to listen to multiple right. perspectives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like that has been something that you value. So, so I'm curious, is that something I know you mentioned, you know, being able to look at things from multiple perspectives was something that you remember doing earlier. Was there a particular instant or was there a particular you know, person in your life that really shared with you the importance of being open to diversity of thought, multiple perspectives, uh, the ability to actively listen to someone else's lived experience?
1: You know what? i probably credit a lot of my diverse thinking to when I did my undergrad and my master's. Um, I was part of the Tri-U history program at Laurier. And so it's like Laurier, Western, and I think Guelph. And kind of the last uh, few years of my undergrad and and uh, when I did my master's really kind of got me understanding the value of and I, and again as a as a historian you you do historiographies right like you you literally are just um, um, reiterating kind of authors thoughts and perspectives so I feel like um, I can credit a lot of that to my educational background. Um, and, you know, I consider myself an academia, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an official professor, I, I didn't do my PhD or anything, but I value the importance of, you know, research and, um, you know, not so much facts, but supporting ideas, supporting claims, okay. um, and, and really looking at things from other perspectives. So definitely from an educational standpoint, I think that's where I picked that up. That's a great question, because I never really thought about it like that. Uh, right. before like it was you know has there been anyone or anything that's kind of gotten me that way I, mm-hmm. I definitely I see that's the thing about school right like it, it really enhances your thinking
0: yeah. well it's interesting and what I'm really hearing from you is again that the power of being objective right and and I think it's very easy like you know we've been conditioned to live in a world that that it's it's easy to come from a place of judgment Right. But it's interesting when we come from a place of curiosity and we ask questions and we're just take things as is just observing it new from a neutral mindset and Mm -hmm. truly being objective that it's, it's very freeing to live that way. Right. And that's how you start to affect change in your life. Absolutely. Spot
1: on. Okay.
0: So, so I'm curious, right? Um, Obviously, you know, depending on when people are watching or listening to this, you know, we are coming out of an interesting last couple of years, right? And being respectful, everyone has, you know, experienced this, you know, different, different people have experienced different things. What I love about what you did is you chose to use this interesting time to, to really be, be the change, as I like to say, and Mm -hmm. and you started the BC, uh, the BCCA. So I'm curious, what was the inspiration? What was the driver? What was the thing that just sparked that now's the time where I'm gonna be the change, I'm gonna help lead the change?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I would say to answer that in in the short version, the catalyst really came from like the many colleagues and mentors um, and friends who, who are like coaches or who are working with athletes or who are involved in recreational programming communities around like, hey, what could creating a platform like this present in terms of accessibility, in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, really trying to disrupt um, some narratives and implement new ones um, to celebrate individuals. And so I would say like really at the, at, at the outbreak of COVID and, you know, everything was locked up, you know, I. I myself, like, I was living alone in uh, in kind of rural Anaganish. and so I had like a lot of free time, and I was like, "Man, okay, like, I guess I guess I'm gonna do this." And I'm and and I got so much encouragement from my peers. Um, so that's kind of like the 2020 COVID and things that we're seeing, um, you know, in our media um, as it as it related to kind of racial uh, instances of racial violence, for example. Um, from a long-standing perspective, since I started coaching in Nova Scotia, and really my transition to, to becoming like a, a professional sport coach, I was working as a full-time coach um, at a prep school in Bradford, Ontario, before I went out there. Um, I really started to think hard about policies, procedures, um, and like, like you know, every every environment has... Or, or rather, you know, let's, let's say workplaces, for example, like there's just ways that you do things. And sometimes um, I find the way that we do things may not be exactly how it's set up, which makes sense, right? Like, because we've got to always kind of manage, where are we budgeting wise? You know, how many athletes are we servicing? There's so many things that kind of um, differentiate that. But I went through an experience where, um, where I was victimized um, and uh, with with a lot of racial undertones. And it made me kind of pause and really think about like, whoa, like, wait a second. Is there something in place for this? There must be. Like, there's got to be. Like, let me do some research. And my default is always like, let me do some research. Thank God for the internet, right? <laughs> um, and so I started looking in the academic space, like at the publications on this. I started to look at um safe sport I started to look at new um, sport regulations uh, regulations for um for our national and provincial territorial sport organizations and I was like, I must be missing something like there's got to be something around here um and it, I wouldn't I would also say I would also suggest though like as much as my personal experience became a sort of catalyst like and this would have been three years prior to the the outbreak of covid just about three years um that experience actually connected me to so many racialized coaches across the country at all levels Um, and it the questions i was asking i started i I uncovered that the questions that i start that i was asking many people had asked before me and some were still asking and i was like oh my goodness okay so i really got to do this like i got to support in whatever way i can because this isn't the first time and this question has been asked for so long. And so um, I would say that that fact alone really kind of encouraged me to kind of do the work, if you will, like a lot of the early work. Um, And then lastly, you know, dealing with um, the impacts and repercussions of racism is something that I hold close to my heart. Um, I I lost a brother by suicide. Uh, My brother never played sports, but, racism was something that he dealt with in the workplace. Um, He was one of um, very few people of color. And some of my last interactions with him was around kind of his work environment. He worked all the time. He was a chartered professional accountant and then an auditor um, for for one of our larger corporate companies. And, you know, I, I wasn't, I just didn't understand like it was it went completely over my head and and again I think part of it is you know I was really young um but I also I didn't think it was something that um I didn't realize the impact of it because I myself hadn't experienced that and I didn't know anybody else that had right um and, and particularly in the sports space and so knowing that that's something that he struggled with um and um it's not to say that was, you know, dealing with racism is, is the reason why he took his life, but um, I think a mixture of those things, uh, those three things certainly um, became kind of like my, like, like my rallying call, like, okay, if I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it. And um, I'm really thankful that I had the support of so many people in launching the BCCA.
0: Well, well, Coach Lee, I, I, first and foremost, I, I just, again, want to thank you for, for being so open to sharing your journey. What I really heard from you is that, you know, some of this pain from your past, and right, we've all experienced it, you sort of made this decision to turn your pain into a purpose, and that purpose was to affect change. hmm Okay. hmm I'm curious, you know, one thing I often share right through the nature of, you know, the coaching work I do is, you know, change isn't always easy. Change mm-hmm. isn't always comfortable, uh, but change is necessary. Change is part of, you know, it's embedded in, in, in us as humans. What has been your biggest takeaway, you know, that that lesson that you've gotten as you've really been a driver of this change, right? Because I know you're very passionate about creating greater platforms for for marginalized groups, right, whether it's females, whether it's a BIPOC community, whether it's creating more opportunity for for female coaches, right, in in, in male prevalence sports. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious, what, what has been your biggest takeaway?
1: I think my biggest takeaway has been that, um, I think I've learned a lot about myself throughout the process. I've, I've, I mean, everyone is their own unique person and, have, and you know, your experiences shape who you are, how you think, mm-hmm. um, how you process things. Um, but I feel like I've, I've really become so much more self-aware and educated over the last two or three years. And it's kind of, I, I guess, I don't know if it was Aristotle or, or, or Plato, but one of them said, the more you know, the more you don't know. And so um, I thought I was done with school a few years ago. I was like, if I go to school again, it's probably to become an NBA agent. Like I'm not, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm done with school. But um, it really, it like I've really been so excited about just learning. Like, and I know, like I've heard a ton of people say, you know, life is about constant learning and growing. And you hear that, but it's so cliche. Like, what does that actually mean? And I feel like I I, I finally get it now, right? And, and it's about- the more that you know, the more you can implement some of that knowledge, um, or it, it might actually just um, it might amplify what you feel like your your passion or your purpose is, right? And so I think I think that's probably been um, the thing that I've I've realized the most, and um, I'm really I'm really grounded in the fact that like what brings me joy is helping others. And so to me, like, I loved being a full-time youth sport coach, but my passion for sport, my passion for the community, my passion to coach, work with athletes, isn't something that was defined or created by that opportunity. I I had that long before and I Mm -hmm. still have it now. I'm going to have it, like it's not going anywhere. And when I really prayed about things and understood it in that context, I was like, oh, okay, well, I just need to make sure that whatever I'm putting my energy into and whatever I'm representing aligns with who I truly believe I am. And if those two things don't align, I don't need to be part of that. Because personally, for me, like, you could give me a nine to five job, right? And like, I'd have no problem i'd probably really like like depending on where i'm working like if i had a nine-to-five job at mlsc i'd love that job and then i'd head out and probably coach afterwards you know and on weekends so um that's probably the most exciting thing i feel like we're just in a in a world of opportunity i know it's been tough with covid and everything but like to me that's that's kind of what i've i've been looking towards that's what i've been focusing on man like who i am what i represent um and and how that becomes my purpose right and and just having that that faith and that confidence that like that love isn't gonna go anywhere regardless of what it is i do right and i think some of us are lucky because what we do becomes that right and i think that's the goal because then you have that harmony and then you know you start tying in things like family and you know love and really you know relationships so i really feel like i'm on a journey in that sense
0: you know, Coach Lee, what, what I really heard from you is you chose to use this last few years mm-hmm. as an opportunity to learn about the greatest subject, which is yourself, right? Like, right? like you're truly getting to know yourself. And why that resonated with me is I feel like I've been on that, a similar journey the last few years. Mm-hmm. And, and and why I have found it such a powerful is, again, coming from a background in education, it's interesting that so much of what we're taught in school, so much of what we're told is important are things outside of us, right? And again, it's just that's that's right. just that that group way of thinking, right? That's that culture that school is you gotta go learn your math, your sciences, your English, right? All this stuff. But we we actually have very little opportunity within traditional education to actually really get to learn about right. ourselves. And yeah. I I love what you share because when you learn more about yourself that led you to getting greater clarity that what really fires you up is I just want to help and serve more people. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. that's what I really
1: heard from your coach. And that's, and that's why I always, always say everything happens for a reason. You know, the amazing people you connect with, you know, some of the unfortunate experiences you have, like it all is part of this plan because I feel like me being so far away from home, from family, from friends, from things that were really familiar, it allowed me to really quiet that noise and have those um, literal kind of inner thoughts and conversations. And for me, like, I'm a, I'm a big faith-based person. So it was a lot of, like, a lot of, you know, alone time. Um, and so I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm grateful for all the experiences I've had in the past, because they've all been a part of this bigger plan.
0: Love that. Right. And I, what I really hear from you is like celebrate your past, right? Mm-hmm. All parts of it. It's made you who you are. It's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I'm curious, Coach Lee, like, again, we're in an interesting time. I, I feel people know that it's time for change, right? In many different areas, right? Like I think the last two years, that ability to pause for the world as we knew it to sort of just, let's just a shift. I, I feel like there's been this consciousness, this awareness that we can do better, right? We, we can all work together to make this world a better place, right? And I, I fundamentally believe that everyone wants to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. Everyone deserves it. Everyone is worthy of it. And everyone should have it. So I guess my question is, what can, you know, someone watching this, someone listening to this might be going, yeah, well, I'm one person. You know, what can I do? Like, what, what is something that you would share with them in terms of how they can be a catalyst and driver of change in there for the people around them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the greatest tool we have uh, to our disposal right now is the power to connect through technology. And, like, I've done everything from just, like, copy-paste messages, sending Twitter, Twitter DMs to people I've never met, never knew, uh, don't know, to you know, looking at um, you know faculty lists on on school websites. So I, I would I would say if you're someone that wants to get something going, or you're curious, or you're looking for answers, or you feel like you can um, provide um, some sort of skills, don't be afraid to use technology to do it. Um, and there's so many different ways now, right? Like. I mean, for goodness sakes, you could pay a, a LinkedIn premium and message pretty much anybody, like anybody, anywhere, you know? So um, I would say like, and I know like personally for me, that was just like mind boggling. Like, whoa, like we've got Linktree, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, like the list just goes on and on and on. And so, um, you know, and and also like being someone that was just geographically so far from everyone, like that, that honestly saved me in a lot of ways too. So like, you know, these these kind of platforms have been really important have been really important and significant in terms of um connecting people, whether it is to get something started or to just seek support yourself. I love that. I love that, Billy, right?
0: Like social media, social media is a tool, right? I think of even how we connected. I think it was just one random message. And it's interesting how sure. one message, right? sparked you know some conversation and you find like-minded people you find people that you know have a similar passions and interests as you and who knows where that conversation leads to
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. so i'm curious again from I, I view you as someone who's who's a leader right who's, who's really pushing this 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 change right in the bipoc community especially around um providing more diversity equity inclusion What needs to happen for us to get to that next step, for us to really, truly get to that next level where there's more opportunity for everyone?
1: Yeah, I would really like to see us um, look at our levels of sport organizations and like categorize them, like some are already categorized, for example, our provincial, our, our PTSO system, right? But as it relates to the DEI piece, like it's such a new space that that part actually isn't standardized for arguably like, you know, like the standard of high performance in every province. So what does that mean? Well, it tells us that at the grassroots and recreational levels, like we're way far behind. Um, We know we don't have America's market per se, but, um, you know, I look at like where we've come with safe Sport and uh, the Canadian Centre of Mental Health and Sport, for example, and organizations like that, I feel like we've got to start somewhere. I'd really like to see us get to a level where collegiate, um, collegiate uh, athletic departments have a, an established standard of, hey, this is how we're going to do things, um, whether it's in, ter- in, in relation to hiring policies, whether it's um, whether it's hey, here's some awareness stuff we're gonna do, like in the in the women's basketball space. I know we we do like a shoot for a cure campaign each year, right? Like that's something super specific. Pretty sure all teams kind of buy into something like that. Um, but more specifically, I I would like to see more regulations input as well. Not just not just things that you know. Hopefully, there are leaders that want to do it. Um, I kind of want us to move. I wanna see us move to more of like an affirmative action um, kind of process where, hey, like here's how we can really start to address this from the top down um, so that the people down here aren't the ones going through these generational cycles that we're trying to break. Um, And I think as we were doing that, like we know we have in the non sports space, like we've got a ton of stuff in like an implicit bias training. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of academic uh, of acad- academic works published, let's say in Canadian sport, but part of that has been like the challenge is like from a sport sociologist standpoint or an anti-racist standpoint, we don't know where to go because there's just no standard for this, right? So I would like to see that happen dually. Like let's start bringing in some regulations for if I'm a youth sport team, if I'm a CCAA team, um, here's how our, it works for our provincial teams. Um, you know here's how it's going to work for and I feel like that's what we need to do and then we encourage you know the publications the sport information resource centers for example Um, Canadian Women in Sport does a lot like in the in the research and and um, and publication space I want to see us connect that a little bit more and the cool thing over the last few years is like a lot of let's say like the annual conferences or presentations or symposiums that are held in that higher up sports space that's not necessarily related to like games tournaments and competition like barriers have been broken simply because now we can do things virtually right and so we we see now for the first time like whoa like we can have a football canada diversity task force but it doesn't need to just be people in our immediate circles that we know that are football coaches. Like we can actually bring in someone from, you know, another NSO, let's say Canada basketball that went, you know, that similarly did this and it's just new, it's new. And so I think it, I think it, it, it presents as an incredible opportunity for us. Um, And obviously there's no like quick, easy answer, but I would really like to see the the, 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 I guess the sport, sectors start to find what that standard means for them, right? Like what does this mean for an OBA team? What does this mean for our prep school system? What does this mean for our national team system? I love that coach and what i really
0: heard from you again i i love how you talked about you know it's creating these 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 frameworks right these policies these standards right Mm -hmm. and and what i love is how you went another level like you you talked about you know now with the way our world like i think the last two years it's taught us how much we can actually accomplish right like how Mm -hmm. even technology does actually provide more accessibility it does actually allow for greater diversity inclusion and equity because like you said, geography is is no longer longer a limiting factor. Mm-hmm. And what really sparked my interest there was when you were talking about, you know, I, I, you know, as a director of sport at Football Ontario, I would love to talk with you because you, I view you as an expert. Yeah, what, what are some of the best practices, right? And leaning on you and saying, yeah, I'd love to, to share from your perspective your best practices. And through there, we can create more alignment And I I guess my thought just and what got me all jazzed up is just imagine what would be possible if all of our high performance, all of our governing bodies got together and just said, here, let's standardize. It's the same. So whether an athlete is coming into football, basketball, hockey, soccer, they all, you know, they all get the same um, experience. Like, I'm just thinking, wow, like Mm -hmm. you
1: talk about creating change, that creates Mm -hmm. change. And it it doesn't need to happen all at once, right? Like um, what's really cool is the the Coaching Association of Canada um, is putting out Canada's first anti-racism in sport e-learning module. It's gonna be free. It's gonna be accessible on their website. The BCCA was part of that process. The uh, Ideas Research Lab at the University of Toronto is part of that process, but a task force representative from, you know, everyone from kind of recreational coaches to academics, to PTSO leaders um, like yourself. And like, it's been an, like, it's just, it's amazing because we've never had something like this. And I think this, you know, once we start getting into this space now, like maybe, uh, maybe a great goal over the next one to one to three years is like, let's get all our coaches educated in this space. Because we know for our sports system, that's going to be mom that that just wants to help out the team that doesn't have a coach. It's going to be the former athlete coming back from the US. It's going to be the aspiring um, uh, coach who just graduated from U of T, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it now gives everyone what that needs to look like. And like for safe sport, like it, that should be the same. Like we should not have teams and organizations where everyone is not educated in that. And I can tell you that, like, that's not even a standard in some of our most formalized sport um, sport leagues, you know. And like, that's a shocker. So we know for sure. Again, it's not happening at the at any other level. And um, in our market, you know, it, it it almost all is grassroots. Like, we've we've got like I don't even know what the percentage would be, but you know, there's what 56 Canadian university athletic institutions. Maybe 150 Canadian college institutions, but then thousands and thousands and thousands more kids who are at those lower levels, right, um, participating. So, um, yeah, great deal of opportunity there for us to lead.
0: Yeah, no, and I love again, just you know, one word you always talk about is opportunity, and I think as a again as a high level coach, you know, many many of the people that listen our, our high level coaches. Right. And, and one of the things I think we all crave is those athletes that are coachable, that they're open-minded to feedback. Right. And, and those typically are are some of our most enjoyable athletes that we work with. Mm -hmm. So I love that you bring up that point is we have to be the change first. We have to show, we have to demonstrate a willingness to Mm -hmm. be open to learning new things to, 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 right. To, to really demonstrating what it means to be a lifelong learner, to, 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 to to become better and then when we do that it's actually going to show our our athletes you know it's going to lead by example which i think is is a win-win for
1: everyone mm-hmm. yeah no i agree i agree okay
0: so coach i, I want to be respectful of your time so uh, you know one of my biggest purposes or my biggest purpose in life is to show others what's what's possible when they go all in right when they truly bet on themselves and and i love stretching people i love you know getting them to think in possibilities so i guess my question to you is you know through all this amazing work you're doing what would you know 10xing the vision right like for you like being able to serve you know 10x that what would that ideal version of your day your life look like to you i'm curious
1: Mm-hmm. oh that's a great question um i would say right now i think i think our greatest opportunity ties right now from our biggest challenge which really is sponsorship mm-hmm. right it's it's just like not really being able to like put all of our efforts towards it so for example like with the bcca um our executive team you know coaching is a hat that we all wear but you know we've got moms dads you know like multiple jobs school you know like just different responsibilities um and what I would really love to get to a point to is like hey like we've got something that's um sustainable you know whether it be through the services that are provided um or through joint partnerships, um, given kind of the landscape that we're trying to cover, right? Like Sport Canada, Canadian tire Jumpstart, MLSE, like you know there's um, sport you know CSIO, like there's 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 a number of ways um, you know, like my mom always say, there's a, there's a million ways to skin a cat, if you will. Yeah. But I would say like just trying to trying to bridge that gap, I would say is is kind of our biggest, challenge right now and so to me like I would love to get to the point where I can wake up and be like man like we get like we get to do this and we could fairly compensate people for for their time because it's a lot it is a lot of time and uh, you know a lot of work um, with everyone from you know interns coaches academics health experts Um, but again it, it goes back to what you said in the beginning right like one of the most valuable thing that you can give uh, someone is your time, and so it it speaks to the significance and you know, like that legacy piece, right? Um, we really feel like we can we can create some positive, long standing change in in Sport Canada. So so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to do. And I want to also shout out my Can Leads team because um when I was a full time u sport coach for the last few years, like I haven't really been able to do much like. You know, I get a lot of credit for the work that gets done, but it's not me, you know, like it's we have an amazing team of, of volunteers um, that that execute like a ton of different initiatives and events throughout the course of the year and, uh, and again, like, on top of their additional duties as full time teachers or, you know, um, full time moms and, and those sorts of things. Um, you know, and I, I would really like to see the corporate sector and large organizations start to work with groups that are servicing um, kind of these groups, right? And um, like, I, for example, I know there's, uh, sorry, I know I'm rambling on here, but I know there's a gap between kind of opportunities for like grants or funding, but then how to get that information out to equity seeking groups is like, that's also a huge gap um, in our economy and and in our sport when it has been, because um, we've heard, uh, from organizations who are who are um, who are like giving out the grant say hey like we get the same applicants each year we just don't know how to to get this information out to those groups right and so that's like another gap that I think we would do well in 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 trying to bridge together and again so it goes back to you got to be courageous right we got to reach out we got to send those emails we got to follow people on Twitter we got to,
0: <laughs> you yeah. know,
1: however, however which way we could do it. Mm. Interesting. You know what I really heard from you?
0: Streamline the process, right? Like let's That's make, right. let's, let's remove barriers, right? So we can bless more people.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: right.
1: Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm curious, coach Lee, uh, I, I know that you have inspired someone that is watching and listening to this, you know, what can people do to help and, and support what you're growing with, uh, the BCCA or the can leads, what's the best way people can, um, Show their support and you know become
1: part of the change. Sure. So for CanLeads, so CanLeads is a uh, we're not for profit organization, and uh, we 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 classify ourselves as kind of like the premier organization for women's basketball, uh, mainly in Ontario, but but also to some extent like across the country. We do everything from like hosting events, showcase stuff. We highlight athletes um, at the perspective level, um, our kids in the states, our U Sport level athletes. Uh, we look for grants um, and those sorts of things. Um, and for candidates, as we start to open up. Like we'd love to see people in the building, like come to quote, you know, our folks over at Canada Basketball, like watch women win um, basketball is the fastest growing sport in the in the country. I know it's not the only one, but it's a it's it's a popular sport. You know, there's been talk about a WNBA team being landed here. Um, we have so many um, amazing women who have come from our sports system and whether they're still athletes or they've transitioned into coaching or officiating or sport businesses, like it's just an awesome space. When you get to these these local basketball tournaments, I mean, it just, there's a real home feel about it, right? And Nike Canada has jumped on some stuff pre-COVID and under Armour and, you know, like, I really feel like it's going places. So we would love to see people come out to our events, come watch our future Olympians, our, our you know, our, our next wave of, of of women who are winning on the court. Um, and basketball is such an accessible sport, you know, as well. And so, and so you're, you're, you're gonna see kind of a wide variety. Actually this weekend, we're hosting um, a Black History Hoop series, um, okay tournament and we've got teams in from quebec manitoba um alberta and i think i think those might be the only three but but we try to do a lot in that space um so where you can find us at www.canleads.ca or um on twitter and instagram canleads underscore sports uh for the bcca um, we don't actually do we haven't done a single in-person event we're hoping we can do that in the future we'd like to do something annually around um, you know coaching awards perhaps a symposium or, where we can have kind of sport sport businesses kind of market their stuff but um, again our biggest challenge for the BCC right now would say sponsorship because there's so many things that we can do um, like there's so many things we can do. We just finished our BIPOC female hangout, uh, which was uh, led by Mavis Saka out in uh, Saskatchewan, and um, she she does a lot in kind of mental health and wellness and managing anxiety. Uh, she's a former mentee of our black female coach mentorship program. Uh, we've got a black student athlete fund uh, launched at the Canadian Center for Mental Health and Sport. So it's an opportunity to give there. We've done a number of. Um, publications uh already and we're hoping to do more so working with academics um even our day-to-day stuff like telling the stories of people who have been builders in our community you know we want we want an opportunity to maybe intern some aspiring journalists right like so there's there's so much that we want to do and i kind of get excited because it like it all kind of ties into Um, how we can make sport uh, accessible. So um, you could find us at Mm www.thebcca.com or follow us on Instagram or or Twitter, BCC underscore association. And anybody could be a member of the BCCA. You do not need to be Black or Indigenous or person of color to be a member. It's a free membership. Um, And we're really excited about kind of the things that we're going to be able to do moving forward. But Um, giving for the BCCA would probably be the biggest ask that I'd have um, to kind of support our initiatives
0: okay well I'll be I'll be more than happy to share everything out in the description section um, on the podcast on on Facebook on YouTube so uh, if any of this piques your interest because I know it it has even sparked my curiosity even more feel free to connect uh, with coach Lee on all those so coach I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the amazing woman you are, right? Uh, The great daughter, the great sister, the great teacher, coach, mentor, but more importantly, the amazing human being you are. The one thing I have really come to admire about you is just how positive, how you are someone who always looks for the opportunity, how, how you're always just someone who's willing to be the change. And I know in the short time we've known each other, you are someone who who always can make me smile that always shines bright. It's just, you know, when I see a message from you, it's just, I don't know, it lights me up. So I just want to thank you for
1: thank you.
0: Reminding me, of that simple reminder that we all have the power to be the change. So thank you for that, coach.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and especially today, right? Like we're going through so much, but I want everybody who's tuned in to know like you're awesome, you're amazing wherever you are things will get better if things are great they're going to be even greater if things are hard know that it's going to get better um and there are people out there that can support you um you know it's it's i think like we've got so much capacity to love as humans like we're we're naturally social beings and i think and i think you know with lockdowns and stuff, it's really disrupted some of that. And even for our young people, I think our young people have kind of, have been the most marginalized because they, they just don't have the resources or the economic means to get in a car and drive or go see who they want to see, right? And um, yeah, I want to encourage everyone, like just keep going, man. If you woke up, you've already won. Okay, shout out, shout out my boy, Nobel Provo. That's, that's, that's who I got that from, but if, if you woke up, you've already won. Okay.
0: So folks, here is my reminder to you. Knowledge is potential power. Mm-hmm. It's the consistent and focused application of that great knowledge that actually creates great results. Coach Lee drops so many valuable nuggets of wisdom that will not only help you succeed as an athlete, but more importantly, in the game of life. So take one of these valuable nuggets of wisdom and go apply it to your life today. And as i like to remind you every time in the huddle, you are deserving of greatness. You are worthy of greatness. You are greatness. So have a blessed rest of your day. And I will chat with you next time in the huddle. Have a great day, everyone.